Nico. And I'm Jessica. And this is the Always the Critic podcast where a couple of friends review the latest movies, except we literally have zero qualifications to do so. Now, (laughs) today is another day in quarantine or stay at home orders for most of the country. And so with that comes no new movies. (laughs) Now, a very important movie for us that was going to come out uh, here in March was Mulan. Yes. The live action version. I was so excited. Oh, you were ready to go. I was ready. Yes. So uh, we figured (sighs) in in light of the fact that it has been pushed back, uh, we still wanted to talk about Mulan in some way, shape, or form. So what we are going to do today is we are going to take a look at two different cinematic versions of Mulan that we've seen already. Mm -hmm. And then we'll preview what we think or expect will come out from the Mulan that we're going to see in July. Yeah. Fingers crossed. <laughs> oh my god. Now, Stop. <laughs> so, let's go ahead and let's start off with the very first thing which would be the actual story of Mulan. Yes. Uh, so, I think that's we need to have the basis. Okay, so the foundation. Exactly. Here we go. Here we go. Mulan 101. It's episode 101. Here we go. Let's do it. So, uh Mulan is a legend, Chinese warrior woman who lived during the Northern and Southern dynasties, which is basically fifth century, um, years 420 (laughs) through like 589. Um, We get her story through an epic poem called The Ballad of Mulan. Um, She could have really existed, except there's just no way to know for sure. So whatever, (laughs) (laughs) whatever proof there was... Maybe uh, it's been lost to time. So we're just going to assume that she's fictional. It's just like any other mythology or uh, legend out there. Right, exactly. So mm-hmm. if we're taking that, in, it comes from a poem. So in the yes. original poem, Hua Mulan is sitting at her loom as the men in her family are asked to defend China in the army. A lot of people will recognize this. Uh, she doesn't want her old and sickly father to serve. And her brother... She has a little brother. Exactly, is too young. This is from the original poem. She takes her father's place in the army with his blessing and that of her mother. Yes, mother and father still, you know, right there. Right there. Um, Yeah, Mulan was already a good fighter who had been trained in martial arts. So there's none of this, like, montage of her getting to uh, learn how to fight and all that stuff. She already knew martial arts, sword fighting, archery. She fought for... Not one, not two, not five years. She fought for 12 (laughs) years um, in the army and she's offered an official post. And the only thing she asked for is to go home, to go back to her family. Um, And that's when she kind of drops the facade, puts on traditional female clothing. And then um, her fellow soldiers, her comrades realize that she's been a woman the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) So that's, I would say that's the, general basis of the story that most people are familiar with Mm -hmm. uh, with a couple of details here and there Uh, there's been a bunch of different on-screen versions of the story of Hua Mulan Uh, the first one happened back in 1927 there's also been plays and there's been operas but it was Disney's animated version in 1998 that really brought the story of Mulan to westerners before but before we talk about that (laughs) <laughs> because there's a lot of people that want to hear our thoughts on the 98 version of Mulan. I think we should talk about the live action one, but not the one that I think most people are thinking about. Yeah, this is not 2020 version. No. 
Tell us, Jessica. <laughs> there is another one. So I uh, conveniently made you watch this at my house one time. Yes. <laughs> it's called um, <laughs> Mulan Rise of a Warrior. It was released in 2009, and it is a mainland China live action version of The Legend of Huang Mulan. So um, directed by Jingle Ma and Wei Dong, uh, written by Jingle Ma, the director, and Ting Shang. Uh, it stars Wei Zhao as Mulan, Kun Chen as Wen Tai, which if you have no idea, I've never seen this and these mean, these names don't mean anything. And then <laughs> J.C. Chan plays Fei Xiaohu and J.C. Chan is Jackie Chan's son. Hey. <laughs> what do you know? <laughs> what do so you know? funny enough, um, the woman, the girl that played Mulan, uh, she was like banned and ostracized in China after being photographed wearing a dress made from a Japanese battle flag which is like a no-go. So she had to issue a bunch of apologies on like every different medium until the Chinese public like forgave her and let her work again, Um, which is totally insane. Um, Kun Chen is basically playing the love interest to Mulan. And if you want to see more of him, check out The Rise of Phoenixes, which is a TV show on Netflix that you can catch. Now, casting what ifs. Zhao Wei... Uh, was cast over other actresses that you might recognize Zhang Xi, Michelle Yeoh, and oh, Liu yeah. Yifei. Liu Yifei is the Mulan that you will see in July. <laughs> so <laughs> 10 years ago. I've acted. Yes. 10 years ago, she was considered again. I think she's like in her early 30s now. Right. Uh, Liu Yifei. So she was like very young, kind of just starting out. Yeah. Time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Box office uh, and critical reception. We're talking a 67% audience score on um, Rotten Tomatoes. Not, not a lot great. of people have seen it. Not great. Box office was pretty dismal, like a million, 1.7 million worldwide. And the average letterbox rating is like a 3.2. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, so. When it comes to this movie, uh, just so I could speak on on what I thought because about I made it. you watch it. Yes, you did. Uh, I remember that. So <laughs> I gave this movie at the time a two and a half out of five. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this movie. Why it, did you give it a two and a half? I think the movie gets bloated and mm. drags yes. like, in the middle part of the movie yes. because yes, we are seeing Mulan grow into a warrior and then grow in the Chinese army. Yes. But we are like seeing like battle after battle, like, hey, this is how she made her way up. And it takes too long. Uh-huh. Throughout mm-hmm. that process. Like if yes. they would have shown one important battle early, do a montage of battles and then one big battle at the end, I think it would be Yeah. You know, more cohesive. I totally understand what you're saying because the movie's like two hours long and there's a lot of fat to trim. Yes. A lot that they could have cut, could have shortened. Um, and I think that I noticed that on the when I watch it with you that time that I was like, oh, let's watch it. It's really good. And then I watched it and I was like, holy shit, I do not remember it feeling <laughs> like it was. It felt like it was three and a half hours. It really did. It felt it like did. an epic. It, yes, it was so long because it covers like all the freaking 12 years that she's in the army yeah and it wastes no time (laughs) it wastes no time and it's funny that you mentioned that there's like a dark and gritty version because that happens to be the time like in cinema where like everything was like a dark and gritty reboot of everything so like like 
we can blame like basically the Dark Knight and Christopher Nolan for like kicking us off. And, like, the next, like, five years, we're all, like, dark and gritty reboot of this and that. And right. Yeah, so, like, it's very of its time, 2009. Yes, it looks, like you said already, it's very dark, very gritty. Um, It just looks gray. Like, everything looks yeah. gray. If you think, like, Man of Steel, like, it looks like that kind yeah, of it's just. Yeah, it's a pale coloring. There's yeah. not much saturation. Yeah. Um, to talk about like some of the bizarre things that this movie does, they had, they included a Russian music artist known as Vitas and he's known for his like unique falsetto. And so he like intros the whole movie with like his singing and you're kind of like, okay. And then he comes into frame and you're like, whoa, that's a man and he's white. And I'm not talking like he's, he's like a white man. He's like egg white. Um, and I had, I had a good think about it. I was like, why is he in this movie besides like him being sort of like a draw for his, his, his audience? Um, he plays like a servant in like the rival clan, uh, of what looks like Mongolia or like Northern China. So that area is really close to Russia. (laughs) Um, Russia's like right there. There Uh, Russia could be considered Asia for, you know, for all intents and purposes. So I get why there is a like white man in the middle of all this um southeast asian cast but but it is so jarring if i if i tell you anything it's like if you watch this movie be prepared for like the buck wild like vitas cameo that's in here just random it is so random it's like you're constantly looking for the camera like where's the camera (laughs) like office style Anyway, oh this movie stays really faithful to the epic poem, I would mm-hmm. say. Um, there's a lot of heavy action sequences, yes. brings a lot of realism to the legend, and it's super tragic. It is so tragic. Um, the biggest draw for me to rewatch this movie would probably be the exploration of like grief and despair. And it's unapologetic and kind of like it's depictions of war and what that means. And if you do well in the army, you can't just be like, okay, I'm done. I'm just going to go home. Like, no, you're you're stuck for life, which is why the 12 years, it's like 12 years of her being basically stuck and can't, can't get out of the army. Um, and then I also want to touch on like Mulan and Wentai. So they are not, it, Wentai is not like above her in the army they rise up the ranks together right as kind of like a yin and yang army generals so and so their love is built over like a decade (laughs) through (laughs) you know mutual respect and responsibility and they're covering each other's asses the whole time and that is i like that a lot better than like having a superior kind of dude right be also your love your love interest so um that was very very interesting and then spoiler alert for anyone who's not seen this uh wentai is actually like the 13th or 10th like prince of china yeah which is very believable because the royal family is not gonna have one prince and then they're done it's like they're, they have so many princes and princesses, so it makes total sense that, like, the 12th one or whatever he is can easily just, like, infiltrate the army and kind of try and make a name for himself because he's definitely not going to be king. 
<laughs> he's right. not going to be emperor. There's not no even, need for him. No need for him to be at the palace. He's probably no. going to get killed for whatever political reason at some point if he stays, if he stays close there. by. Yeah. So it makes a lot of sense, and then that gets uh, utilized in the plot at some point. Can I? Can I really quick uh, read off what I wrote from my review? And this is probably one of the things. This is probably one of the things that kind of bothered me the most about the movie. So, okay. uh, the movie. <laughs> really rushed out of the gate with a lot of momentum. And then mm-hmm. we mentioned that it slogs its way through Mulan's life in the military. Here's Here was my biggest pet peeve of the movie is that she's supposed to be a woman passing off as a man. Yeah. But there is no effort in making <laughs> her into a man in quotation marks. Okay. She what was do you clearly, mean by that? She's clearly a woman. Okay. Like, what do you mean by there was no effort made to make her look like a, she, like a man? Like there Did is, you want her to cut her hair? No, I'm not saying she had to cut her hair. Okay. I'm not saying. Because that's but, not really historically accurate. But the way, like, even the way they dress her in the movie, I'm not saying, like, they did it for Okay, for so the battle purpose. armor that she wears the for, battle like, 90% armor, of the movie. Yeah, like, everything looks, like, appropriate, like, how you would fit a woman for it, but not how you would try to disguise to make a man, you know? Okay, interesting, because I didn't think that at all. <laughs> yeah, I thought that throughout most of the, the movie. I think the only thing that would kind of tip you off is that she looks very feminine, her facial right. features. Yeah, that's another thing. So they did it's nothing just, to hide yeah. that. So, But other than that, like, it is what it is. Yeah, it is uh, what it is. You know, she's dirty the whole time. Yeah. You know. It's, so stuff like that you, you could get away with because mm-hmm. of battle and all that, so. Yeah. That, that part's fine. But yeah, a lot of her fi- uh, feminine features yeah. are not hidden at all mm-hmm. to like really disguise her as a man. Not that they have her like with eyeliner no. and all this stuff. It's just, she's just naturally like beautiful. Like, right, I don't know what exactly. Else to so it's kind of hard to like, di- you know, suspend disbelief there. You know, <laughs> I just think she looks kind of small. Like, she's not also, very tall. She no. wasn't, uh, you know, very very jacked or anything like nope. that she's, so she when when she's petite. in the armor she looks petite yeah yes. so th- that doesn't help but you know stuff like that so overall i i think this movie has elements for yes. what we're looking for exactly that we want in that a, we want. in a possible very close at hand disney uh remake live action remake so right now speaking of disney Okay. Uh, there's another movie that stars Mulan and is about Mulan, and that is the 1998 version that was made by Disney. Yep. Now, uh, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about that one? All right. So this is the one that we all grew up on, basically. It's directed by Tony Bancroft and Barry Cook, two guys, written by Robert D. Sansucci, uh, Rita Chow, and 29 other people that helped on the story, <laughs> helped on the script, you name it. They had 20, 30, over 30 people are, are listed as having written this in IMDb. Um, stars Ming-Na Wen as Mulan, Eddie Murphy as Mushu, B.D. Wong as Shang, which I totally forgot. He, he played Shang. He did play Shang. Pat Morita as the emperor. Hello. That is Mr. Miyagi. And then we have a host of singing voices. Lea Salonga is the singing voice for Mulan. Goddess. Don- Goddess. <laughs> Donny Osmond is the singing voice for Shang. Uh, because he is the only person who could sing, I'll make a man out of you. Anyway, 
Let's talk about some representation. So there's not a lot of representation behind the camera. Uh, And I'm going to go out on a limb here and say not very few uh, voice voices are Asian as well. Um, Right. Let's go over the ones that are. So Ming-Na Wen was born on the... She plays Mulan. She was born on the island of Macau, 40 miles from Hong Kong. She lived in Hong Kong for a while and then moved to Queens, New York, and then to Pittsburgh. Um, what a, to yes. end up in Pittsburgh? Okay. <laughs> it's, it's fine. So, and then interestingly, interestingly enough, the animators uh, noticed that she touched her hair a lot. And so they had Mulan. They animated Mulan to Ooh. touch her hair a lot as well. Uh, Leia nice Salonga. I know, I know. It's nice. Leia Salonga is the singing voice for Mulan. She's from Manila, Philippines. And... BD- for those who don't know who Leia Salonga okay. is. Okay, Leia Salonga is like a Disney legend. Yes. She is a Broadway legend. Yes. She is all the things. She is yes. wonderful. If you don't know what she is saying, we, I don't know what to tell. Like, go look it up. She's amazing. Yeah, I would say go look it up. But yes, one of the great voices. Yes, B.D. Wong is of Chinese descent with, a, with family from Hong Kong. He was born and raised in San Francisco. And interestingly enough, Jackie Chan... Who we just mentioned, his son is in uh, *Rise of a Warrior*. Um, he voices Shang in the Chinese release of Disney's *Mulan*. Oh, that is that's interesting. Yeah, I'm that's surprised. Not bad. Like they don't have them for the American version, but the Chinese version they definitely do. Yes, interesting. Pat Morita is of Japanese descent, born in California. Fun fact: he was the first American-born Asian nominated for an Academy Award. Oh, yes. Nice. I know. So I want to talk about casting what ifs because we just mentioned that these are the only, basically, the only Asians in related to this project. Uh, So it was going to be worse, possibly. It was going to be worse. Joe Pesci was originally cast as Mushu. (laughs) (laughs) Let me repeat that. Joe Pesci, you know. What am I, a clown? Do I amuse you? (laughs) He is basically. Every foul-mouthed gangster you've ever watched in cinema. Uh, One best he, supporting actor for Goodfellas. There it is. He was originally cast as Mushu, and then they went with Eddie Murphy. Bruce Willis was originally cast as Lee Shang. Hmm. Bruce Willis. Uh, versus B.D. Wong. And then Helen Hunt was considered for the role of Mulan. Oh, get out of here. Get out. Get out. Like, that's, <laughs> like that is as vanilla as you can get. I know. I it know. really is. Yes. Oof, oof. Okay. So be Thank thankful God. that this 1998 version has even the Asians that it has. Okay. So this movie is rated G, but it is the only Disney animated film to use the phrase cross-dresser. And that almost cost it the rating. They almost <laughs> rated it PG because of the use of the phrase. <laughs> that is wild. That is hilarious. Right? <laughs> Ridiculous. Now, the way this movie received uh, back in 1998, it has a 86% on Rotten Tomatoes, 85% of the audience love it. Now, at the box office, domestically, it did $120 million, which in 1998, pretty good money. Worldwide, $304 million. Mm-hmm. Pretty good stuff. And the average letterbox rating for people who love to rate on letterbox, just like us, is a 4.0. So, Pretty good. And it's not the only Mulan movie that Disney made because they did make a follow-up in 2004, Mulan 2. Now, let's talk about 
what did China think about um, Disney's Mulan? So yeah. they did not like it. They hated it. It was not <laughs> received well at all in China when it was released. Uh, audiences thought it was too different from the original legend and too westernized. I mean, come on. I mean, they don't love they don't love them some Donny Osmond? Get out. Exactly. <laughs> come on. Well, they had they had the version with Jackie Chan. Right. And still like, you know, fo- totally dubbed and then still they were like, nah. Nah, this ain't it, chief. <laughs> Hard pass. <laughs> so we just talked about um the Ballad of Mulan earlier and um to talk more about that in relation to like the Disney animated feature yeah. uh the emperor offers mulan a job in his court and that's a reference to the real ballad um where the emperor discovers that a woman was impersonating a soldier and he's impressed uh when he learned that she did it out of devotion to her father so he he nominated her to his court yeah so which we she see, doesn't take the job <laughs> right so we see that in the movie mm-hmm. now in the original chinese legend where the film is based on uh, Mulan succeeds in her deception and leaves the battlefield with great honors. Uh, but then months later, Mulan's fellow soldiers come in search of their brother-in-arms. Yep. And are shocked to discover that she's a woman. Yeah. So, that doesn't... I mean, it does happen in the movie, but it's not like after the fact. Like, no. she's home and no, know, domestic again. No, in, in the animated version, they make them find out to create tension... Right. To build up they the find stakes. out when she gets injured, and then right, they're all like, "Oh!" Which I oh. love how <laughs> I love how that character says uh, that she's a woman because he doesn't say like she's a woman. He goes, "A woman!" Like he goes like that. <laughs> 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 the delivery is like so bizarre. Okay. Anyway, Mulan's original la- name in the legend was Hua Mulan, which is uh, the Mandarin pronunciation. Fa Mulan is the Cantonese pronunciation which is what we get in the disney live action not live action in the animated version in the animated. uh in the army she changes her name to Peng, so it would have been uh hua ping which means flower pot <laughs> <laughs> flower pot wow flower pot or flower vase either yes. one um and it, it's funny because in china an effeminate man is often called a flower vase or a flower pot mm-hmm. so it's kind of <laughs> toying with that idea funny enough the uh, mentioning of flower yeah the fact that hua is the correct pronunciation of yeah. flower in mandarin. In mandarin uh in the movie it means flower yeah it means flower yeah. in the movie the emperor of china says to li shang the flower that blooms in adversity is the most rare and beautiful of all so <gasps> time chef's in. kiss yes perfect <laughs> working in there now yeah. uh obviously there's a lot to talk about. There's still more to talk about in terms of the Asian representation, but also just representation in general mm-hmm. uh, with this movie. So, for example, uh, Harvey Firestein, who <laughs> who has one of the craziest <laughs> voices in Hollywood, voices Yao, is almost also famous for drag queen performances, including the role of Edna Turnblad in the Broadway version of the film Hairspray from 1980. <laughs> Uh, he also translates this to animation when they invade the palace to defeat the Huns in right. the film's third act. So, right. So one of the voices is known for, for dressing in drag. Right. And then they dress then they in drag dress in, in the drag. movie. 
Uh, for those who don't know Harvey Firestein, you'll recognize him from Independence Day. He oh. is the father of Jeff Goldblum's character. No, not father. Uh, like works alongside Jeff Goldblum's character and has like the really heavy, raspy voice. Yes, that is who Harvey Firestein is. Oh my gosh. Uh, The Tai Chi form that Mulan's father begins before his leg injury interferes, before his leg injury interferes, it's called Mulan Kwan, and it's the Tai Chi is is named for Mulan herself. Oh, really? Yeah, the practice. So the actual practice is named for the character. Uh huh. Oh, interesting. Now, uh, the movie itself, the development began in 1994, so that's four years earlier. Oh, my gosh. Uh, So Disney sent a select group of artistic advisors to China for a three-week acclimation and inspiration course. Do you think three weeks is enough? To to know all there is to know about Chinese culture and history. No, I don't uh, think so. But acclimation, I guess, and inspiration, I guess, is enough for three weeks. Acclimation. Acclimatization. Oh, God. Forget it. Yeah, they're they're acclimating themselves. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But the movie's artistic uh, supervisors, basically, they spent this time sketching, photographing, and soaking up the culture. So uh, it's not bad. And culture is pretty important because there's a lot of symbols. Animals represent Mm -hmm. different things. Exactly. For example. For example, crickets are considered a symbol of good luck in China. Hence, there is a cricket character you know, for yeah, good luck. <laughs> for good luck. And then we mentioned that in the original uh, ballad poem, Mulan has a little brother. Um, that was some was retained in the movie because the dog is called Little Brother. <laughs> uh, and that's pretty much all there is left of this Little Brother character from the original ballad. Yeah, pretty much. That's all that's left. Mm-hmm. No, I do like uh, what Robert... Uh, San Suchi said before he passed, he, he told about the I, the whole process for putting together this movie. And um, Disney did not like the idea of putting a dragon as a companion for Mulan because they thought it would be like big and menacing. So they just made it smaller <laughs> and called it a day. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. So, right, so that's where we get Mushu. Um, you know, the change itself is acknowledged when Mulan calls him tiny. And <laughs> Mushu replies, of course, I'm travel size for your convenience. If I was my <laughs> real size, your cow, speaking about the horse, here would die of fright. So, you know, <laughs> so I, it, it's a fun little addition because then you can play around with who voices that type of character. Mm. Having someone like Eddie Murphy, who's so broad and big. Hmm. Having him in such a tiny package is right. so it's a, it's an oxymoron almost. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it, it's really good. Now, besides the animation, uh, some of the things that people talk about with this movie quite a bit is the music. Music. Now, music fr- make you lose control. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> first thing I thought of. First thing you thought of. Now, <laughs> for the first half of the movie, the story acts like a fairly lighthearted musical. It focuses on the antics of Mulan and her new friends that she makes at the camp. Uh, But about halfway through the movie, the characters are singing A Girl Worth Fighting For. So this is supposed to be an upbeat, jaunty type of tune of like what they're fighting for. And it's obviously women. But it ends abruptly. And then when they reach the destroyed village. Mm -hmm. So having been shown the devastating reality of war, 
Mulan and several other characters become more somber and serious throughout Mm -hmm. the movie. Yeah. And there's basically no more musicals and no more songs after that abrupt ending to um, A Girl Worth Fighting For. And that's because the movie takes a darker turn. Uh, You know, they they want it to uh, be a really darker third act. Yeah. And so, sure, you'll get like some, you know, like a lively brief reprise of I'll Make a Man Interview that Mm -hmm. plays during the hero's preparation for the final battle. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know it signifies. But as their far as people, and, you know, breaking out in song again, no, <laughs> no, it's not happening throughout. Mm-hmm. Uh, the theme song in the opening credits, by the way, as well as the melody for "Honor to Us All," is the same tune Peter Pan plays on his pan flute in the Disney version of the movie. Yeah, so interesting. They are reusing melodies. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty much. They're reusing melodies. <laughs> okay, well, if they have the rights to it, okay, um, why not? Right. Yeah, this is, uh, speaking of, like, themes, uh, this is the first Disney film to show controversy against women. Uh, the fact that, you know, Mulan's true identity would be, make her, be cause for her to be executed is a big deal. And, um, when she's exposed, it looks like Shang is about to kill her, which is huge, because that's a love interest. Um, so it's, it's all, it's all kind of a, really larger theme of like women doing a man's job yeah which is the first time that's ever been explored in a disney uh animated movie uh as far as animation the opening titles were put together by simply doing like watercolor on rice paper (laughs) which i thought to myself watching lana i was like how did they do that like it looks so nice how do you even animate this like gorgeous kind of you know inky watery look and they really didn't they put they put watercolor <laughs> and rice paper and like that was it and that <laughs> it was, was like it. raw yeah they got it done now that just because it that's funny because that shows a very simple type of animation mm-hmm. but this movie is actually kind of uses the latest tech at the time Yes, yes, because they use the latest tech to do like a lot of detail and a lot of camera techniques that they couldn't do before. And they were animating crowd scenes of like 30,000 people. And they used a program called Attila to make the sequence featuring the 2000 Huns on the horseback. Yes, which, which is a great looks amazing. Yes. Do you remember like yes. seeing that was amazing? That is My little mind could use. handle it. Yeah, that's a great use of the technology to be able to, you know. Yeah, it's got a lot that. more depth to it, and it feels uh, way more three D than the rest of the two D movie. So, in the se- speaking right in that scene, the climax where, um, actually, no, not even that scene. Later, when Mulan disarms Shan Yu with a fan, uh, that's a real martial arts technique. Yeah, I, what I do when like, she does it on like the roof. Yes, she does it yeah. on the roof. I do like that this movie does, um, you know, it does reference like true moves, like true martial arts moves, true history, true culture. Mm. Uh, And with all that comes, you know, a pretty violent type of character because Mulan, (laughs) by far, the Disney character, you can say heroine or villain with the highest body (laughs) count ever. So the production team, they had drawn the 2000 Hun soldiers during the Hun's attack sequence 
yes. along with 2,000 more horses. And only six Huns survived the entire avalanche. And one of them was Shan Yu is killed later. Now, yeah. this makes Mulan's final body count 3,994. <laughs> that does not include Shan Yu because Shan Yu is killed by Mushu rather than Mulan. And right. also not a single horse survived, by the way. Right. So it counts the horses. Yeah. So <laughs> as well 3, as the people. 3,994. Damn. <laughs> I mean, that's a lot. She's, that is a lot. Yeah. Real life martial artist Mimi Chan and George Key did the martial arts fighting and choreography for the characters Mulan and Shang. Uh, so they had real models basically come in and, and do that. And so that's why it looks so great. <laughs> um I thought this was interesting. Mulan writes with her left hand, but is seen using the sword in her right hand. So either she's ambidextrous or Chinese martial arts are taught right-handed. So it might have been that's just how she was trained. That's probably the way. I think they probably I like that. It's such a small detail, but it's nice. That that is. Now, that's a lot of stuff coming from the animated version of the movie. Mm -hmm. Now... You and I are pretty much going in our head. We are taking the animated version and the live version that we've seen, mashing them together, mash it together, the best parts, and hoping that is what we get with the 2020 version of yes. Disney's Mulan. Close the gates. Six of our northern cities have fallen in a coordinated attack. Their leader fights alongside a witch. <laughs> Crush these murderers, Your Majesty. Every family must contribute one man to fight. You're a war hero. You've already made many great sacrifices. My father cannot fight, so I will take his place. That's basically what I've wanted. <laughs> right. Now, let's, before we, like, you know, discuss of what we want or what we expect to happen. Tell us, what do we know so far of the 21st? Okay. All right. So it's directed by Nikki Caro. Uh, she's a female New Zealand film director. She did Whale Rider and The Zookeeper's Wife. She doesn't have a lot more uh, larger projects to her name, but it is a woman, so that's nice. Uh, written by Rick Jaffa, Amanda Silver. They are a married couple, and they brought you... Jurassic World, mm -hmm. uh, the Planet of the Apes reboot trilogy, ah, which here we go. you love. It you is love fantastic that. and the most under-talked about trilogy. <laughs> uh, also written by Elizabeth Martin and Lauren Hynek. Uh, mm. Or Hynek? Hynek? Something I don't know how to pronounce it. White. You know, yeah, similar about all those so names. they're not Asian. <laughs> <laughs> None of them are Asian. There's three ladies, which is nice, but no Asians. Uh, it stars Liu Yifei as Mulan, Donnie Yen as Commander Tong, Jet Li as the Emperor, Jason Scott Lee as Bori Khan, and Li Gong as Xianyang. I think that's how you pronounce that. Xianyang the Witch. Yes, she is the witch. And then Yosun and as Hong, Hong Hui. Okay, so let's break it down. Yeah. Liu Yifei uh, also... <laughs> had some controversy not too long ago because she made some comments uh, about the Hong Kong protesters. Uh, she tweeted her support for Hong Kong police amid the protests, and that was not 
good. <laughs> basically, she said blue lives matter. Uh, That's basically so this, what she said. Yes. So this started the boycott Mulan movement, which I don't know if you were on the internet a few months ago, but that was pretty big. Um, and then to cast all these people, because it is all of these people are Asian. Yes. The casting directors visited five continents and saw nearly a thousand candidates of Chinese origin for the role of Mulan. Their requirements were credible martial arts skills, the ability to speak English, and star quality. That being said, Liu Yifei did 90% of her own stunts. Hey, she's Tom Cruise in it over here. Hey! So, <laughs> the Disney animated movie we said was rated G, almost lost the G to PG. Yes. Uh, this one is rated PG-13. And that makes it the first live-action remake to be PG-13. Mm-hmm. So we are expecting some stuff. Yes. Here's what we know, though. No songs. Only, like, musical motifs, pretty much. Mushu, gone. Out of here. Out of here. <laughs> no Hun Army, no Shen Yu. Interesting. So instead, we have uh, Jason Scott Lee's character, which is Bori Khan. Khan is basically uh, the term for like leader or king yeah. in that kind of like Mongol Turkish area around that time, and like you know medieval China. Um, and then again, no Hun army, which who knows if we're gonna get a sequence of uh, two thousand soldier horseback. Soldiers uh, coming, coming down, down a, mountain. a mountain. I have no idea. Uh, this fell victim to COVID nineteen. It's been released. the The release date has been pushed back to July twenty fourth, which is basically taking over Jungle Cruise's spot on the release calendar. Yeah, everything uh, getting pushed back. Yes. So, like we said before, we are hoping. <laughs> That this movie is going to take the best of the Disney live action and the best of uh, the live action rights of a warrior movie that we saw uh, and kind of give it new life. Just have a nice baby between them. Um, obviously, this movie is nowhere near as dark and uh, gray <laughs> as the no. Rise of a Warrior movie. Every trailer that we've seen and all the footage is beautiful and colorful. So that's a huge difference right there. Um, they're taking away uh, that element that I don't like about Shang, which is basically he's her superior. So yeah, they're taking away. It's kind of like mm, gray you, area there as far as a romance goes. Do you think so, there's going to be a romance? Yeah, I do. Okay. I do think there's going. To, I think that Yosan An. Yosan. Yosan yeah. An. Yeah, Hong Hui, that character, I think, is going to mm. rise up with her in the ranks and kind of be that love interest. It's on the same level as she is. So I hope that's what happens. I have no idea. There's obviously no, you know, play by play. The movie is not released yet. So um, I just think it's, it's going to be, hopefully, from what we've seen, exactly what we want. That is a very good hope. Now, uh, I just saw a picture of Yosan on, and yeah, that has to be. He's the beautiful. Love that has to be the <laughs> He's love interest. So nice it looking. Only makes yes. Sense. Um, um, yeah. So hopefully, it, it kind of you know bridges that gap, and there's action sequences that are yes. really amazing. And if they're gonna have Liu Yifei actually have martial arts experience, which she does, then 
I'm that, expecting like I'm expecting some serious, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I don't want them to sacrifice like some of the uh tender moments that I feel like we don't quite get in the Rise of a Warrior. I mm-hmm. feel like we don't get those tender moments either between her and her father or her and yeah, another character. It's fast, I hope that's yeah. not sacrificed, which I don't mm-hmm. think it will be. I think they'll be they'll make moments because of the fact that it is Disney. And mm-hmm. so they'll try to bring some emotional connection there. I would say that um, speaking of like the father, it seems like they live in more of a traditional circular village versus yeah. a kind of a little bit of a, an estate, which is what they had in the Disney animated version. Yeah. They, you know, they had like gates and everything. Uh, it's a little stable there for the livestock and the horse. And they had, you know, uh, these gardens back there with a huge stone dragon which she sits on during the reflection sequence and that all that is like money to me that speaks of money and i don't think that's ever what they intended for mulan to come from money and in the rise of a warrior Mulan, she is definitely more poor um she you know yeah. lives closer to poverty and she's got like straw in her hair and you know she looks kind of dingy she doesn't wear bright colors like mulan does when she goes to uh visit the matchmaker and stuff like that it's it's very um closer to what you might imagine a medieval china uh (laughs) community to look like so i just think that again i want some of those elements yeah to kind of mash up. Yeah, like so. a little bit of the traditions and culture mixed in with the fantasy element mm-hmm. that we could see from fighting. Like an example is that in this version of Mulan from the trailers, we have that character of Zhan Yang, who is mm-hmm. the witch. And yes. if you remember the animated version, there was the, not an eagle, um, like a, it was a bird. That would travel alongside yeah. um, the villain. Uh-huh. Shen Yu. Shen Yu. Yeah, it was like a falcon or something. Yeah, it's like a falcon. Yeah. But in this version, if you've watched the trailer, you'll see that that falcon turns into a woman. Mm-hmm. So it's so a mix of the fantasy and the traditional like cultural story. Oh my story. god! I never put two. I never put that together. You never put it together. No. Yeah. No, so right now you like laid it out for me, and I was like, oh my god. Yeah, like That's I so- noticed it in the trailer when she like she's a woman, and then she turns into the bird and starts flying right. away. Oh my so, Lanta. Which leads me to think that. There's oh. some type of magic involved with Bori Khan's tribe, mm-hmm. which is how they're able to take over and, like, you know, defeat people along the way, most likely. Right. Because, right. you know, it's I'm trying to think of another story that has this, but basically they have a magical influence with their with their side. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Uh, we've seen this in other stories. I'm just blanking on where we've seen it. But, right. Right. So, wow. That Okay. So there's another parallel that seems to work better i think mulan man i feel like i read this somewhere that mulan now has a a phoenix mm. as her uh like sidekick animal oh and it's way yeah more, that's right you uh, said that yes yes you said that i haven't seen it in like a lot of the trailers it's very like blink and you'll miss it that but is a that is a third act surprise 
I think it might. Yeah, sure. Because I think magical forces are going to be involved in that third act. You think? Yes, I think that we're going to have the witch is going to throw something from uh, Bori Khan's side, and Mulan is going to be able to harness probably her ancestors in some way, and the phoenix is what their symbol is, and then a fucking phoenix comes out. (laughs) Fight against that bird. I don't. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Bird against bird. Wild. I mean, that would make a lot more sense than just like a little scrawny ass dragon. Right. Can't and even so breathe fire. Really. You have those things up in the air mm-hmm. while the battle is going down on the ground. Mm. That's what I'm thinking. The third act's going to be. Right. So. Right. And again, if you guys don't recognize the name of Li Gong, who is going to be playing the witch, she is uh, in Memoirs of a Geisha. She's kind uh, of like yes. the head geisha for a time. So, yes. Yeah. So um, those. Geez, that's a you really enlightened me with the freaking falcon <laughs> being. This the is witch. just me thinking. <laughs> this is just me thinking because if you're going to mention that there's a falcon, uh, I'm sorry, a phoenix in some way. Yeah. And on yeah. top of that, the trailer has already shown there's some type of magical power going on. Right. It only would make sense that the good guys also would have something of magic uh-huh, in some way. Uh-huh. And so I'm thinking that it comes from Mulan. It has to come from her ancestors, has to come from whatever her sidekick is, which we think is a phoenix, mm-hmm. and that's where it comes from. So that's right. that's my thinking. I am Dang. not – I'm going to predict it. I'm, I, I don't even know, but I'm going to say – Something like that happens, most likely. Okay. Well, wow. Okay. So, also... We'll rewind this tape back in July (laughs) and see if I'm right. So, if you guys have any predictions or want to talk Mulan, let us know uh, on all the socials. Uh, You can even email us because we want to hear from you. This... We love Mulan. Yes. Both of us. Yes, we do. And... um, I know it was a little bit of a dud when I made you watch Rise of a Warrior, and it was a dud for me, too, because I was like, damn, this is, I do not remember this being this long. But, um, you know, we're still really excited for the release whenever it is. Hopefully it is in July, um, and we can all, you know, be out and about again that would be <laughs> in nice. public. Um, that's the dream. So, yeah, that's the dream. Be among so, the people. Be among the people. <laughs> I'm laughing so I don't cry. Um, anyway, I think that's it. Do you have anything else that you wanted to talk about? I, really quick, I just want to ask you this. I know it's like right on the spot. Um, oh. As part of the Disney Renaissance, where does Mulan fall for you? Like among, you know, basically from like Little Mermaid on to, I wouldn't say to now because that's too far. Uh, but until like maybe like 2005, oh. like in that range. Like, what I is think Mulan? like mid range, mid range, kind of in the middle range. It's not my favorite of the Renaissance movies, and yeah. I wouldn't say that I necessarily am like, yo, it's Friday eight p.m. Let's watch Mulan. Uh, you know, I don't feel yeah. like I have to rewatch it all the time. Versus other Renaissance movies where yeah. I'm like, wow, I really feel like watching whatever, like Little Mermaid, like whatever. Right. Um, but it has such a strong uh, story to it. And a very relatable female character. Yeah. That um, it's special. I think it's really special. I mean, it launched Christina Aguilera's career, basically, with (laughs) her singing (laughs) Reflection. (laughs) Oh, Um, man. Yes. That's a good one. You heard me. Um, That's a good one. Wow. (laughs) 
Yes. And, um, you know, Eddie Murphy voicing an animated character that has never happened before. This was the first time he did that. And then I think he just worked with DreamWorks for Shrek movies ever since. (laughs) Um, So it's, it's a special movie. I think they did a lot of interesting things with the animation and um, the songs are amazing. I'll make a man out of you is legit, like top tier um, songs for me. Let's get down to business. And then, do you feel differently? No, no, no. I, I, okay. okay, So, uh, funny that you should bring that up. I I think that it's a great (laughs) song. It's a really great song. Uh, but you know, we're, we just got out of March, but it's bleeding into April. There's been a lot of brackets for March Madness. So, like, everybody's just throwing brackets left and right. And so, one of them that I came across was the Disney song bracket, which Mm. is a lot. And they started from the Renaissance to now. So, you know, it wouldn't be overwhelming. Mm-hmm. But surprisingly, the movie that or the song that won that entire tournament was I'll Make a Man Out of You. That doesn't surprise me at all. Now, to me, it's surprising because of the <laughs> fact that it beat some heavy hitters along the way, which in my, you know, my own personal view, I viewed those songs higher than okay, I'll Make what a are Man the, Out What of are you. a couple of those songs? I think, what, Lion King, right? Yeah, so... Circle of Life was definitely one of them that was on there. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, uh, uh, A Whole New World, it somehow beat <laughs> uh, in the final four. Like, there was like. That's some, Leah Salonga as well. That is Leah Salonga as well. But, like, it, it was so many heavy hitters that I was just. I was kind of surprised because I never viewed those songs, although enjoyable, I never viewed them as, like, the upper echelon top of the top but you know i obviously i was wrong because a mm-hmm. lot of people really like that song even okay. to the point that they like them over you know i told you before getting on here as soon as that freaking drum roll starts on i'll make a man out of you i'm there i'm 100 in yeah so I you definitely mentioned that yeah versus lion king where they're like ah! i'm like whoa stop <laughs> um i think that that one's really oof i don't know <laughs> a lot of people love that song, but for me, it, I would never like, oh man, I'm driving on a three hour road trip. I got to listen to Circle of Life. No. That's fair. I, I get it. Yeah. But, but again, like when that song comes <laughs> on, like that is a banger. Uh, so I'm just, I was kind of surprised that that was just what I thought. It hits all the sweet spots. Okay. It apparently does. Donny Osmond was does. made to sing I'll Make a Man Out of You. Well, yeah, I that's very true. So, yes. it, so the yeah, that was the championship in that. I just looked it up <laughs> and it was I'll Make a Man Out of You beat a whole new world in that championship bracket. Mm-hmm. Um, again, crazy did people say thing. why they thought um, um, I'll Make a Man of You is out of you was better than um. A whole new world. Um, I wouldn't say they th- 
said a lot like it was better uh but a lot of it was just like a lot of it was just like you know you know very worthy champion or that was (laughs) that was great i love that song but it was not like more of this is better than the other one i think it was more of just i love this song and i'm gonna vote for it and it just happens to be that i love this song more Mm -hmm. than the other Mm -hmm. one that's there yeah so that's most likely what it is um but hey, you know I know you're upset, but I'm not. For different folks. I wasn't even I wasn't even in the bracket. No, no, <laughs> so you like yeah, yeah. <laughs> so oh, by the way, for me, uh, Mulan is mid tier, but a little up, you know, because I okay. have three clear, like unassailable, uh, Beauty and the Beast, Lion King, Aladdin, like those three, just yeah. sit on a perch, pretty much, yeah, and then everything else just started falling in line, and it's like. You know, like Little Mermaid, Mulan, Hercules, <laughs> kind of like battling. Hercules there. is I, but ugh, yeah, like so. now that you start mentioning them, I'm like, yeah, it's definitely mid tier for me because Hercules is so good. Um, Little Mermaid is classic. Beauty yeah. and the Beast is tremendous, and yeah. you know they're all heavy hitters. It's like yeah. you know, so it's not it's even apples hairs. and oranges. It's yeah, like it's, it's green apple, <laughs> red apple. <laughs> So, so I think with that said, I think we've we've talked a lot about Mulan and yep. we will be discussing more about Mulan when that movie comes out. Now, if this is your first time listening, go ahead and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts and many more. If you like us, go ahead and give us a review on Apple Podcasts because that goes a very long way towards helping us out here on the podcast. Don't forget to check us out on social media to stay up to date on our latest episodes and reviews. You can find us all over the place, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at AlwaysCriticPod. Well, that has been our show. I'm Rico. I'm Jessica. And this has been the Always the Critic Podcast. Always the Critic Podcast.